Welcome to the second series of podcasts focusing on innovative design trials from the Health Research Authority, the NIHR CRN Coordinating Centre, and in this series, the NIHR Office for Clinical Research Infrastructure. This time, we will be discussing some of the key learning points from the COVID-19 pandemic, and we will be building on the further questions around the management and delivery of complex, innovative design trials during the pandemic. My name is Alan Gaw, and it's a pleasure to have you with us. I'm joined today by Sir Munir Pirmahamid, who holds the David Weatherall Chair in Medicine at the University of Liverpool, and is a consultant physician at the Royal Liverpool University Hospital. Professor Pirmahamid also holds the only NHS Chair of Pharmacogenetics in the UK and is Director of the MRC Centre for Drug Safety Sciences and Director of the Wolfson Centre for Personalised Medicine in Liverpool. His clinical research focuses on personalised medicine in order to optimise drug efficacy and minimise toxicity, moving discoveries from the lab to the clinic and from the clinic to application. And Professor Pirmahamid was knighted in 2015. Sir Munir, thank you very much for speaking with me today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. During the pandemic, we've, we've all been witness to a remarkable surge in clinical research activity, including the implementation of, of exciting new study designs and, and new forms of delivery in the quest to find new treatments and new preventative strategies for covid so in that context, can I ask you first about how you feel that upsurge in innovation was facilitated by what was happening before the pandemic struck? In other words, how well prepared do you think clinical research was for that challenge? Thank you very much for the question. Um, I think since the establishment of NIHR, uh, we have developed a fantastic clinical research platform um, which was previously rudimentary and maybe wasn't didn't exist in all parts of, of the healthcare system. So NIHR has been uh, amazingly uh, you know, important in developing that research platform, uh, which is now existing in uh, district general hospitals, but also in primary care. And I think this was uh, a crucial part of being prepared. We had a research-ready workforce, um, and we were, they were all allowed to be able to undertake work on COVID-19 studies because uh, the other uh, studies stopped at that time. Clearly, that is, you know, because the other studies stopped, um, uh, we didn't do the research in on many of the other studies because people were undertaking work on the COVID-19 studies. But nevertheless, that was really important, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, and having that uh, research-ready workforce was crucial uh, in, in order to be able to take that forward. The other important aspect that we do need to mention is that we have the NHS. The NHS per se uh, made it possible. Um, we have an integrated healthcare system, uh, which is underpinned by NIHR funding and the research workforce. And this was a critical factor in being able to undertake the relevant research. If we had a distributed system of healthcare, uh, as is present in many other countries, it would not have been possible to undertake the uh, big studies that we needed to undertake to provide us with answers that are really already making an important impact in terms of saving people's lives uh, in uh, when they're infected with SARS-CoV-2. 
clearly before the pandemic, there were many issues related to getting approvals, the bureaucracy that follows when you start a study, um, which can slow down progress. And I think uh, what happened in the pandemic was some of these bureaucratic hurdles also disappeared, which also helped in terms of undertaking the research and the uh, amazing amount of work that's been undertaken so far, uh, you know, in the UK as a whole uh, since uh, the pandemic uh, started. I think just to pick up on that point that you made at the end there about about getting studies up and running quickly, many many clinical trials such as the platform trial recovery were set up really very rapidly in response to the challenge of COVID. And again, do you think that was really only possible because of where we were before the pandemic? So, so where we were before the pandemic in terms of having the research-ready workforce and the ability to be able to undertake the design, etc., was all important. But I think that you know, if recovery was being done in a non-pandemic situation, it would have been taken longer to set up. Um, and I think that because we were in a pandemic situation, it was set up much more quickly because other things came into place as well. Clearly, the important things that NIHR infrastructure, the uh, the ethics process that we have in this country, that you know you need to be able to go to ethics uh, in, at one time and you get ethical approval for um, uh, you know the whole uh, of the country, uh, the availability of people, uh, you know the research workforce are all critical elements which were needed. Um, but but then other things had to come into place uh, to really make uh, decisions quickly to allow recovery to happen, for example, or, and other things to happen. Uh, and those those kind of decisions included um, sort of funding, uh, you know, sort of the funding mechanisms were set up to uh, make decisions very quickly about funding, to set up trials such as recovery without funding. Uh, NIHR was crucial in making those decisions about funding. Without that funding, recovery could not have gone forward. Um, we obviously had um, the infrastructure in terms of the clinical trials units, etc. Again, NIHR funded uh, and the desire expertise to design trials and take innovative approaches to make them pragmatic in a in a in a, a pandemic situation where you have minimal data collection at the point of recruiting the patient, which is you know important given you've got thousands of patients coming into hospital uh, with uh, infection. Uh, but then we were able to use data systems. Uh, afterwards to get the additional data required uh, to make the trials work and get all the information to be able to analyze. So that's that's also important. So, you know, having that infrastructure of part of the NHS, having infrastructure in terms of data systems, they have all been very uh, critical. Obviously, to undertake a trial, you also need um, the other regulatory approvals. For example, uh, MHRA, um, you know, worked fantastically well. Uh, they worked really quickly to turn around approvals of trials. You know, uh, I think MHRA were turning around trials at two days' notice in terms of approvals. Normally, that doesn't happen. And ethics committees similarly were working really hard and and turning trials around very quickly uh, to make sure that that happened. Uh, in addition to that, some of the sort of um, approvals you need at individual sites. Were, were sort of you know um, uh, were sort of uh, minimized and and re- the bureaucracy was reduced, which was also critical. Um, and I think the biggest thing actually is that we started working as a team. You know, we were working for the same purpose, uh, less competition uh, between institutions, 
and we were all fighting the same enemy. And I think that all came together, you know, in order for us to be able to go forward, to be able to perform trials such as recovery, to perform, uh, you know, the sort of uh, observational studies such as ISRIC, um, to perform the sort of genomic studies, the genomic, to perform, uh, you know, the sort of primary care trials which are going on, such as principal. So, you know, all of those things had to come together uh, for us to be able to move forward um, w- without, uh, you know, the, the platform clearly helped in terms of what the NIH had set up, but then other things that NIH had to put into place quickly to make things work were equally important. We've talked here a little bit about where clinical research was before the pandemic and also a little bit about what it was like, it's been like during the pandemic. I wonder if we can turn it around and think a little bit about what it will be like after it. I mean, the pandemic will end, but there will still be a lot of clinical research questions to answer. Do you think there will be any positive legacy for clinical research in this country from it all? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, we have a lot of diseases which continue to cause suffering and lead to death of more patients than COVID does. Um, so we really need to be able to study those diseases and develop the treatments and better ways of being uh, able to care for our patients. So we need to take forward all the good elements that I mentioned previously, uh, in, in particular the ability to work as a team to reduce uh, the unnecessary bureaucracy uh, and to think how we can reduce uh, you know, some of the sort of issues that hampered us before uh, in order to maintain the governance that we need uh, and the approvals we need, but to do it uh, in a quicker way uh, is going to be really crucial. It's also important to remember that there won't be enough money in the system. You know, we are, the pandemic has created a massive uh, black hole in the economy uh, and you know, there won't be enough money in the system. So the efficiencies are going to be needed. And I think that's going to be achieved, the efficiency can be achieved by while undertaking uh, uh, you know, the work we need to uh, undertake for many of the other diseases uh, and, and quickly reach the activity which was present before the pandemic and hopefully exceed it. Um, and, and the way to exceed it would be to you know, that work as a team, to be able to improve the way we uh, undertake approvals, uh, to be able to utilise our fantastic workforce uh, you know, uh, in order to be able to deliver what we need to deliver uh, for many other diseases. Clearly, the workforce uh, needs to be looked after. The workforce has been working extremely hard uh, during the pandemic and people are tired. Uh, and, you know, we do need to sort of look after our people uh, and they are crucial in order for this to be able to work post-pandemic. So for us to be able to move forward with our research in that area as well. We hear a lot about the learning of lessons in times of crisis. And I would like to end, if I may, on a personal note and ask you what you feel you have learned about clinical research during this pandemic. Yeah, so as a clinical academic, of course, I know uh, and I knew about the importance of clinical research. I I teach medical students. uh, I train uh, PhD students. I train nurses, pharmacists and doctors you know, you know, to undertake clinical research. So I, I, I you know, so, so that, that, that was already ingrained uh, in terms of what I do. However, the pandemic has highlighted the importance of research as a whole, clinical and non-clinical working seamlessly together. Uh, you know, we need both, one instructs the other, um, and we need to have a bi-directional flow in order to make things work. It also shows the importance of the NHS as a great strength in the UK to deliver the research. We knew that already, 
you know, that's nothing new, but actually it's emphasised it even more how important the NHS is. Um, and I think the uh, research needs to be embedded within the NHS seamlessly uh, uh, in, in, together with the care that the NHS delivers, excellent care that the NHS delivers. That seamless linkage between uh, research and care will actually improve in the end uh, uh, the service that we provide uh, for patients. A health service where research is embedded as part of the ethos of that system has much better outcomes for patients, better satisfaction for patients, and indeed for staff as well. At a time when we need to retain our staff, uh, we uh, need to prevent the burnout that has been happening in our staff, uh, and we need to look after our staff and expand our workforce for the future as well. So I think having that research and clinical interface and the care interface and making them as seamless as possible uh, is, is a critical learning from the crisis that we need to take forward for the future. You've reminded us um, just what we can achieve in clinical research when we come together and work as a team, when, when the barriers are removed and, as you say, when we're all fighting the same enemy. Professor Sarmunir Panapir Mohammed, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with me today. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. We would very much welcome your feedback on these podcasts. And I hope you will join us again next time.